I, I don't know if I'd be able to choose, but it, Forrest Whitaker is, you know, oh, these bagels are still warm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on a second. That was the best impression you've ever done on this podcast of any, any That's about actor. the only impression I could do. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Spoiler Warning Podcast. This is review number 351 with a review of Run All Night. I'm Christopher Schneezy. I'm Carson Patrick. And I'm Stephen Miller. And if you're joining us for the first time, the Spoiler Warning Podcast is a weekly film review program. Each week in the show, we're going to dive in, debate, discuss, and argue over the latest film releases coming to a theater near you. Uh, this week, we are uh, making our way through the night, trying to run the whole time, and reviewing Run All Night, the newest Liam Neeson film where he uh, has to protect his son, Robocop, and uh, try to help him get through the night before he dies, as Liam Neeson is wont to do in his type mm-hmm. of films. So, how are both of you doing this fine evening? Uh, per- Carson's probably drinking right now, so I'll skip to see Stephen first. Uh, Stephen's drinking right now. All right, let's go back to Carson. <laughs> uh, I'm not, just sweating. <laughs> okay. Drinking my own sweat. So, so how are you doing then? So hot. Hot damn. Call the police and the firemen. Make All the right. dragon want to retire, man. Back, back anyway, to, I'm back just to really Steven, then. <laughs> I'm good. I'm not hot. I just ran up and down stairs for like 20 minutes, so I feel good and winded. You ran all night? <laughs> yeah, I, I ran all night. <laughs> you did a bunch of cardio to heat your body temperature up so that when you sat down to record the podcast, in comparison, you would yeah. feel cool. Well, because they don't yeah. have heat in San Francisco. No, they don't. But then, like, when you get in the Santa suit, then the sweat really, like, builds up quickly after all that running. So. Obviously. Have, have you guys, by any chance, seen the, uh, oh, I guess, uh, Carson must have saw it, because we both saw Run All Night together. Uh, did, did Steven, did they play the, the newest trailer for, uh, San Andreas when, <laughs> when... Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, they did. So you saw the big shot of the wave coming <laughs> at the Golden Gate Bridge and everybody driving their boats at the wave? Yes. That's the first I thing thought. I thought of was Steven. I was like... <laughs> I, I still want to know why Why during a natural disaster are people always on the Golden Gate Bridge? Like, I, I why do they need They're to so go stupid. to... Why do they need to go to wine country that badly when, like, a giant... <laughs> well, they all want to get coming? turned up, you know, as the world is ending. Yeah, well, it's their last chance. They might as well throw down some cash and get, like, a good bottle of wine. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> might as well go out, ge- you know, <laughs> wasted. The geography of a peninsula rather than an island is you don't need to cross bridges if you don't want to. <laughs> yeah. Certainly not when giant, like, Godzilla or waves are coming at you. <laughs> I, I will say, though, like, that that's... Anytime I've seen a movie where there was some sort of tsunami or a large wave coming, I, I've always thought in my head, like, it doesn't help to run away from it because it's just going to get you anyways. But if you could work your way towards it and somehow, like, get through it, like and this is the like fr- surf it. Not you surf might, it. You might as well perfect storm it. Is but what like, you're saying. But like in in this trailer, there's that. That's the scene where like they're actually riding to the wave and they're trying to get to the top of the wave before it actually crests. Like I was like, hey, it's like the back of my head plan. People are actually doing in a movie for one time instead of like, nope, we can totally outrun this wave that's larger than all of us combined. <laughs> now, well, I no, imagine no, I no, would ba- just go. No wave is, is is you know too big for the rock. Yeah, I, I feel like you go underwater and then you're fine. 
Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. swim down deep enough and then you're not caught in the wave. Right? Obviously, hold your breath then swim down. The real problem, though, which isn't technically being addressed in the tray at that point, is when those waves happen, the water actually recedes out. So you have less water to dive down into, um, from what I understand. Hmm. What I want to know is just like who's excited for San Andreas because like this is the, a real possibility. This rocks is a real. No, this is a real possibility. I feel like this is a scenario in which is not something that should be taken seriously. Oh, you mean from the standpoint of like the three of us live in California? Yeah, like I, <laughs> the fact that like the big one is coming sometime eventually, and, and they're uh, going to feel it on the East Coast. No, totally, dude. Paul Giamatti <laughs> is going to be like. They're going to hear me cashing my check on the East Coast, too. He's the one who was driving up to wine country, probably. Probably. <laughs> probably. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I kind of get what you what happens mean, when you reject, reject jinky, drinking Merlot. <laughs> Sounds Don't like, reject drinking Merlot. <laughs> reject, drink, drink. Sounds like somebody on this podcast was not rejecting drinking Merlot. Oh, I was just <laughs> turning up right before it. Uh... But anyways, yeah, I, no, I, I do actually agree. I mean, watching the trailer, like, I was like, the, the first time the trailer played in, like, California Dream and starts playing all super slow in the background, I was like, this, yeah. is, this is some dumb bullshit. But, like, the more <laughs> I thought about it, I was like, as dumb bullshit as this is, like, we all live in California. And, like, since we were little, people have been talking about the big one hitting, and uh, yeah. it is it is pretty gnarly. Well, it's like... Well, in- and the, all of Hollywood lives in California, too, which is why dumb shit like this gets made. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Well, I mean, it's it's like Into the Storm, where it's like, why do I want to watch a movie about giant tornadoes when this is, like, a real possibility, when it's not, like, a fun giant tornado movie, like Twister or something, <laughs> you know? I mean, San Andreas, like, the way they cut the trailer, at least, makes it seem very, like, serious and grim, and, like, I, I don't know, that just seems like, at least have John Cusack driving a limo through like a building or something you know i don't know well, they, they can't spoil the money shot in the trailer <laughs> yeah what are you thinking i mean shh. that that perfect storm shot at the end wasn't you know i guess it wasn't their only money shot yeah like, come on guys look how cool this is what they really need is a shot of a wave coming over the hill with a giant monk ringing a bell <laughs> <laughs> what they really need is hashtag vin- 2012 they really need is vin diesel driving a car from one building to another building <laughs> while it slams through the building and then he jumps out and grabs the edge right as it falls out how ridiculous is that movie like <laughs> <laughs> like you're talking about ridiculously awesome right like <laughs> How many times can they jump a car in the air? <laughs> I think in the trailer alone, they jump it out of an airplane, and he yeah. jumps it between two buildings, and I think there's another big cliff. Paul Walker jumps off of a bus onto a car, right, from the cliff shot. Yeah, he drives. Mm. He jumps off the falling bus. Falling but bus onto though, the back of a car. Though I will say, um, I was... Uh, the thing I went to on Saturday, there was a TV off in the background and like E.T. had like a behind the scenes of of, uh, of F- Furious 7 going on and you know I couldn't hear any of it. But they were actually flipping buses. So uh, Carson's got to be happy that there's some practical ass buses being flipped on the side of a sketchy mountain. Yeah, like it, it looks a little more practical than the last one. So that's good. Except for, you know, Vin Diesel sky surfing on a car through <laughs> buildings and shit it could be those trailers feel like when i was a kid i used to play with action figures like i would lock myself in my room yeah and just play with them and imagine like a crazy fight that they're doing yeah and it would always include something like 
jumping off of a thing that's falling off of a cliff and oh yeah let, for sure let, let, jumping a car into a building and stuff like that let, let's let's be honest even uh the door was locked from the outside and it wasn't a room it was a stair it was it was a little space below the stairwell <laughs> everybody knows you're based in the harry potter of your family <laughs> yeah they locked him away <laughs> all right well anyways he was, like the, he was like the male version of cinderella yes without Steven Rella. Married, Mary God Merits. <laughs> Anyways, so what, what do you say, guys? We uh, we get into this run all night episode before it runs all night. Yep. <laughs> Thanks for the enthusiasm. <laughs> all right, we are going to take a listen to the trailer for Run All Night and then come back and give you guys a review. It's gotta be 15 years since I've been in here. Place looks different. All the old places look different now. I'm the only one ever cared about you. And all of that ended an hour ago when you killed my son. I pulled the trigger. I killed Ali. Yeah, too. He was gonna shoot Michael. I'm here asking for my son's life, Sean. He's a good kid. He's got a family. He don't deserve this. You know this has to end. I'm coming after your boy with everything I got. And when it's done, and it will be done, then I'll let you die. What are you doing? Both know why I'm here, Michael. So what happens now? Sean's gonna come after you, Michael. And if he can't get to you, he's going to go after your family. This has got to end tonight. Tell everyone to get ready. Jimmy's coming. Right now, we're the most wanted men in this city. works they're gonna start pulling your life apart i want people at his house i want people at his wife's family's house anywhere he might run for help and the cops have got their own motivation you've got to worry about staying alive i'm the best chance you've got listen to your father for one night one night So that was the trailer for Run All Night. Uh, as I mentioned at the top of the show, this is the next uh, Liam Neeson film. Basically, he has a son who got himself in some trouble. Some bad men who happen to have a connection to Liam Neeson want to kill his son. And he has to spend the entire night trying to keep him alive while he does something. I don't know. Maybe he's just trying to realize why he picked one night for this all to go down. Uh, but basically, he's just trying to kill bad guys while they try to kill his son. So... Here we are. It's review time. Carson, what did you think of this film? Just he does a lot of Neeson shenanigans. 
Yeah. That's what happens, you know. And he's kind of old, so it's less run all night and more drive all night with an occasional few sprints <laughs> in there. It's more stuntman run all night. That's how it was in, in Taken 3, at least. Well, I give that, that stuntman some pretty damn good credit then, because he sure runs like an old man. <laughs> well, even, even Liam Neeson joked in an interview where he's just like... He's like, oh, I think he's like, I don't care about the action. He's like, I do all the fighting. I let the stuntman do everything else. He's like, I just, he's <laughs> like, like acting. Yeah, it's like, he just, I let the stuntman do all the running and the jumping. And he's like, if I have to jump down off of something, I can just jump into frame. You know, he's like, that's not very hard. <laughs> well, anyway. well, at least he's honest about it. Uh, well, why don't you tell us about the movie and not the man behind the movie? <laughs> well, I mean, I do like Liam Neeson. Uh, I think this is a terrible movie, though. Uh, terribly boring, too. Uh, I, the the way you des- the way you describe this movie just kind of feels like it kind of just feels like Mad Libs, you know? Like it, this movie was assembly lined, and they just filled in like the different adjectives for what Liam Neeson can do, and you know, either his son or daughter is in peril. And, uh, you know, they just switch things around because basically, uh, we saw this movie already. It was called a walk among the tombstones, uh, <laughs> in terms of at least for a movie that's kind of going for that gritty, like seventies esque crime, hard boiled crime genre. Like, I think that tombstones like completely nailed that to a T and, uh, both movies star Australian scuba guy from Skeleton Twins, and both movies feature Liam Neeson as a, an alcoholic, uh, and except here he's a hitman for the Irish mob instead of an ex-cop who becomes a PI. <laughs> so it's really just it's really just Mad Libs movie Mad Libs, and uh, I don't they don't really do anything interesting at all with this movie. Uh, other than just well it technically defines on how you it depends on how you define interesting because the choice to make this the one Liam Neeson the one Liam Neeson action film where he doesn't have a particular set of skills and is really just like shitty at everything like, mm-hmm. i thought that was quote unquote interesting decision making i mean he has skills for sure i mean he's like an accomplished hitman like he knows he, how to I, kill people I, I i got the impression from the film that he was always sort of like because he was such good buddies with Ed Harris, like even Ed Harris has that line, like nobody ever liked you except for me. Like I feel like he was sort of the the friend who always tagged along. Like apparent, like you know, obviously he's killed X number of people because what's his nuts? The one cop is like, tell tell me how many guys he killed. Tell me the number. Tell me the names. Uh, blah, blah. So yeah. like obviously he did kill a lot of people, but I always got the impression that he was sort of like, well he yeah he is that sort of like the a hole friend who they're just like ah. Oh. Jimmy ruined the Christmas party again. He, he did, I had I to mean, get I think drunk. He's, he, he's still costume. good at what he does from a hitman perspective. Like he had some nickname, right, regarding how good he was at killing people. Yeah, but just because. Okay, so if you go with that, just because he's like okay at his job and not like the best dude ever. I mean, that's still just like you're, you're tweaking things, just very, very minor, minorly, whatever. Uh, to to fit like a movie that just I feel like Liam Neeson has done before and that other movies have done better, and then it just doesn't really bring anything new to the table. Like everything about it is just very rote, and it's not fun, and it's not like engaging. Um, I think like the one 
the one like semi-engaging character like ed harris is good obviously he's ed harris but like i feel like he's not in the movie very much and obviously liam neeson is a presence but like i don't know he just he seems to be getting tired and uh the movie is just not good at all and like i said uh after we saw it like the it, the movie set at Christmas time, and like the very first thing I thought of was just like, oh, it's been a lot better if like Shane Black had written this movie, because it would have been like I feel like that, like this movie needed someone like him or a Tarantino like to make this kind of like, you know, weary story interesting, um, to at least have like characters, <coughs> bless you, whoever that was, <laughs> um. Uh, I just just to at least have you know characters that could spout interesting dialogue other than just like yeah well you know you better run all night because my son is stupid I just it was just dumb and Nick Nolte shows up and I think that was funny but that was about it (laughs) and the movie looks very blue I didn't know New York City looked like the inside of a cell phone like the like Liam Neeson picks up a phone in one scene, puts it to his ear, and like the the L, you know the lights from the phone like match the background of the movie. Yeah. So it was ve- it was very blue. I didn't know it looked like the inside of a cell phone either. I always thought it looked like the inside of a toilet. <laughs> oh zing! Oh, There's something about NYPD Blue. I'm I'm not thinking <laughs> thinking clearly. <laughs> but yeah, it had that it had that like that underworld blue and uh like orange color scheme like that you see on a lot of movie posters it was just uh it was not a good movie i i i had like that large bucket of popcorn and like i was only finishing it out of boredom like it was the only thing keeping me going i was like well at least i got this popcorn (laughs) and then it's you it sucks that like this is one of those movies that and this is the last thing i'll say before i toss it over but like it sucks when movies like open on like the end of the film and then it flashes back like to 16 hours earlier like in this case so and if it sucks you're just sitting there the whole time going like okay well he's got to get back to the end soon like we know that he's got to do the cool like gun move shot in the trailer before this movie can end and like the whole time you're just sitting there thinking like oh my goodness like he's got to get back to the cabin like this is gonna be a while so anyway, I, I think <laughs> yeah, that like we're, we're, even yeah. even without even without the the opening then the flashback to sixteen hours earlier, you would have known that already because like you said, we've all seen the trailer for this. Yeah, like yeah. Well, times. you would have known that like it was coming, but like just narratively, they screw themselves because like it takes it just takes away from any like semblance of tension or anything. You know, I just think that like and. Le- your movie has to be pretty solid, like a Tarantino movie, if you want to, like, you know, mess with the timeline or, you know, go out of order and stuff for you to be, you know, invested in, like, when it gets back to that point. So when it's not interesting or just really boring, then you're just sitting there going, like, ugh, like, he's got to get back here at some point. Like, when's it going to happen? Because I don't really care. So anyway. All right. Well, Steven, what did you think? So I should start by saying when when it opened and it showed that ending uh, placed by the cabin, I was kind of hoping this movie was a next type film <laughs> and he was having like a premonition of what was going to come <laughs> because I actually I never saw a trailer for it. So I had no idea what the movie was about, except 
I figured it was about all the cliched things, which of course it were about. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to be as harsh as Carson. I don't think like, I do think this was a totally standard cookie cutter type movie. Um, and maybe like it helps that I have not been watching all of those other Liam Neeson action movies that are exactly like this one. Like I saw Taken One on an airplane. That's the only Taken I saw. I didn't see Walk Among the Tombstones. I didn't see like the gray, like in general, I don't actually, I don't have that weariness of like better Liam Neeson action movies to compare it to. <laughs> um, which I'll readily admit means like I'm in a weird position here. Um, but you know, the, the story is total classic crime mob movie down to, down to everything. Like the guy has been out of the game for a while. He needs to go back in. He and the boss need to fight due to some code of honor, but they're detached from it. And they're still kind of friends at the same time. He killed the boss's son. Like, you know, John Wick, stand-up guys like even just these recent examples like of course this is done all the time um but with that said even though i knew exactly where the plot was going kind of like the equalizer though not as fun as the equalizer i found it like totally watchable from scene to scene i mean the action was fun ed harris is always fun to see in a kind of seedy villainous role he he does a good job with that uh villain with a code of honor thing it it seems like that's his typecast role where there's something dark about him, but you kind of want to like him. Um, Joel Kinnaman was fine. Liam Neeson was nothing special in the movie, but I, I thought the action was fun. There was some cool style going on, like the transitions between scenes where time would freeze and the camera would fly <laughs> the around. The Google Maps transitions. Yeah, the Google Maps, the fuse transitions. I thought those were cool. <laughs> yeah. um, and... <laughs> I am noticing that I think it's just a rule now that like common has to show up in every movie all of a sudden. <laughs> I will and say that never. He... Sorry, go ahead. I was just gonna say you're never prepared to see common. Like he never <laughs> looks like he belongs in a movie. You're saying that he hasn't become a he hasn't become a common enough occurrence for you to not oh. be weirded out by it. No, it's still uncommon. <laughs> it's true. It felt like he was in a different movie. Altogether, he was, even even down to his character, like the way everyone else was kind of you know mob people who behave a certain <laughs> way and they're kind of old and world weary and common is just like straight out of robocop or something common is like, like the next terminator or something he's gonna show yeah, up in the next mummy movie and he's gonna be 210 common he has like this <laughs> laser sight for some reason and he's you know <laughs> just not no no reaction Steven to that, Steven. just blew by <laughs> that like it was whatever it didn't, it didn't even give me the tiniest shred i mean that I'll was pretty good i need that. to re-listen that was I'll pretty good laugh, that was I pretty good <laughs> i won't make you repeat it here but when when, when you edit it when then i post I'll, the episode I'll, I'll get a yeah. good laugh <laughs> Uh, it was uh, it was disheartening, and Chris pointed it out after he saw the movie. Is that they they did cut the scene from the trailer where he opens his trunk and has like even more like cool gadgets yeah. in his like car. The, the inside which... of his car is built like Jeff Bridges' Lightroom from Tron Legacy. Yeah, like you're like. like all... <laughs> I guess the studio note was looks too sci-fi ish. I don't know. I mean, he if not for, if not for the laser vision, he seems. Again, like a caricature that you've seen all the time, like the brother Mazone, the yeah. the dude who seems all put together, but then he's like a vicious killer with no boundaries. You know that. Yeah, this movie does nothing new with <laughs> anything. A he's a killer with glory, dude. Oh hell no! I'll kill that mother <laughs> for free. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. 
Uh, I actually laughed at that line. I did too. Yeah, and then I was like, Oscar winner right there, baby. And you know, characters behave like, especially with respect to him, Liam Neeson behaves in ways that just seem so dumb, but they're only there to further the final showdown that has to happen. Uh, But whatever, I don't know. I, I feel like a movie like this coming out once a year is just about the right amount of time <laughs> like i'm happy every year to sit down and watch a dumb mob movie that's gonna have some cool gritty style and some fun action and you know not much else but it wasn't overly long it didn't drag or anything uh oh it was I long was, i was r- vibing with it the audience was vibing with it pretty well yeah I, I don't have too much to say about it it was it was totally okay and absolutely nothing better than that yeah, um, like I, I definitely agree with uh, Carson saying that it felt like it was kind of a slog to get through. Like I, I was somewhat vibing on it, like more towards like what you're saying, Stephen. But it definitely there was there was at least one time where I like looked down at my watch and was just like, oh, I wonder how much more of this we have to go. <laughs> <laughs> it wasn't that I was bored; it's just that I was I was very aware of how much time was passing between scenes, um, and I, I don't think that it was because the whole flashback thing at the beginning um it was just more of a like there is still a lot more of plot we have to get through like there aren't enough people dead for everybody to be okay so let's just get to the next scene quickly um i you know i was i was kind of joking earlier when i was like oh no there was something new in this film they made liam neeson not such a badass um I, you know i was sort of joking when i made that point at the beginning but at the same time it was kind of not really refreshing, but it was kind of an interesting take to to make Liam Neeson not a hardcore badass. Like, yes, he's good, um, but it still definitely felt like he was good at some point in time. But it, like, I still like like I was saying earlier, I still kind of read him as sort of a screw up. Like, I kind of see him as the adult version of the Russian dude's son from John Wick. Like, he's mm. sort of like that guy who was always like, yeah, yeah, let me do stuff. I can totally do stuff. And he probably didn't make all the best decisions. And he sort of went along growing up probably with whatever Ed Harris said and sort of wasn't like a guy who did things on his own, but more he sort of just followed the group and wanted to be part of them and happened to kill a lot of people, but wasn't necessarily like a typical Liam Neeson type of character. Um, and and I, did, I did feel for him. Like he was a very sympathetic character throughout um, – it's not like I, it's not like it was the the you know best writing, nothing original. But I did still feel for him, his relationship with the son, um, the convenience of putting them within the same situations was sort of fine for me. Um, I still do kind of like the idea of the son not being a criminal. Also, that he was sort of on you know not even on the straight and narrow because he was was always quote unquote good. Like he never was in the line of work that his dad was because his dad walked out on him when he was younger. Um, so, I don't know. I, I just... it The film wasn't that great. It wasn't bad. It was just sort of there. We watched it, and I semi-enjoyed it as I watched it, but it didn't really, it, it didn't really commit any crimes. And as Carson was saying, it definitely made Walk Amongst the Tombstones uh, feel like a higher caliber film overall. But that was also a film trying to deal with heavier subject matter. This was a very straightforward, revenge type plot. Um, well, yeah, I mean, this was more of a popcorn movie. Um, and yeah, Walk Among the Tombstones was not a fun movie. 
but I feel like its tone was done a lot better than, I guess, this. And, and this was supposed to be a, like a really isolated, like it was presented as though this was one episode in some series where at the beginning of the show, an event takes place that creates a new story arc, which is resolved by the end of the film. It doesn't mm-hmm. feel like it, it wasn't supposed to be a grand story. It was literally supposed to be like, okay, he got himself into something. Liam Neeson had to kill the guy's son that set things in motion. And then by the end of the night, things were going to resolve themselves as opposed to a big or a big story arc where a mob boss was going to be like overthrown by somebody in his crew. Like it wasn't supposed to be grand. It was literally supposed to be just like, Hey, let's have this plot where things go wrong and let's deal with it. And no one cares anymore. So I can't really fault it for, you know, not achieving what it sets out to do because I think it does achieve that. Um, I just, I don't know, I, like, I I like to see these type of films because I like to see Liam Neeson be an old dude kicking ass and being a super badass. And in this, he is, he's sympathetic, but he's not, he never feels like that really awesome badass, you know, save for a few really good shots that he makes in, during the course of the film. But it, there's, he's just sort of a guy doing his best as opposed to being the guy who you don't want to mess with because he's going to show you how sweet and awesome he is. Yeah, and, and that's why I was like comparing it to Stand Up Guys, which was was not a great movie, but it's the same kind of thing where it's like a guy that was awesome, and now he, it's even like the movie is acknowledging, hey, we're not awesome anymore. <laughs> you know, yeah. we're getting old, too old for this shit. <laughs> which like has with it some kind of like a mellow vibe that you don't hate, but it also doesn't it doesn't carry a movie in a super fun way either. Yeah. It was funny, Chris didn't hear the guy, but it was funny, when we walked out of the theater, there was this old dude in front of us, and he's like, well, if you like shoot 'em ups he's like, John Wick was a lot better. <laughs> I was like, yes, it was. And that's the thing, too, is, like, going back to talking about, like, the type of roles that Liam Neeson usually plays, like, John Wick was awesome, I think we all can agree on that, um, but I think if... John Wick was exactly the same, but like Jason Statham was cast in that role instead of Keanu Reeves, it wouldn't have been as awesome as it was. Like there was something about Keanu Reeves playing the role the way he specifically did that made that film as awesome as it was. Not specific, like obviously there was some pretty awesome world building and there's a bunch of really cool stuff about the movie, but I think some of that stuff didn't, um, wasn't as cool simply because, or wouldn't have been as cool with somebody else cast in the same role, just because it wouldn't have that, uh, I don't know, swagger for lack of a better word. I mean, yeah, he had definitely brought his, his presence to the role. It yeah. wouldn't have been as, yeah, it would have been a little bit different if it was someone else other than him. Cause it was, it felt very tailor made for Keanu. And, and like to, 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 to reverse the example and, and to try attempt to make a point, um, Carson and Sarah were laughing pretty hard during the trailer for Hitman Agent 47 oh my gosh. or whatever. And like it but but if that was Keanu Reeves in that role and it was exactly the same situation, like you probably would have been laughing for a good reason as opposed to laughing no, for a bad reason. No, I would have been I would have been still pretty depressed to see Keanu <laughs> in such a stinker looking movie. Yeah. I, it would have been like 47 Ronin status. I just feel like, "Oh, poor Keanu. Sad Keanu." <laughs> I mean, maybe that's why I didn't mind this movie is because the trailers were almost exclusively for things that looked way shittier than <laughs> <laughs> Except for Mad Max. That looked amazing. Oh, we didn't get to see Mad yeah, Max in ours. Yeah, we didn't get that. We got the water diviner instead, which 
Ooh. looks pretty good. I will say. Yeah. I, I didn't, I haven't seen that, hadn't seen that trailer. And I was I, like, I, ah, for what it is, it looks pretty good. I'm, a, I'm assuming that story is actually after, um, after Russell Crowe Crow falls off the, the build or the bridge into the aqueduct that he actually goes back in time and ends up, uh, or I guess forward in time and then ends up in the old West or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it what it is. Just to be clear, was that a lame is reference, or does Russell Crowe fall off a bridge <laughs> no, twice? That, that was a, that was a lame is. Okay. It was. It, I was trying to think it out as it just because <laughs> water diviner because he falls into the water and like it was it was good. Yeah. But I, I'm not of sound mind right now. You know what's funny about Hitman, the Hitman trailer, is that it looks like they cast Olga Kurlienko again in a different role. Like that woman that they cast in the movie looks exactly like her. Um, Wait, who are we talking about? The okay, because remember the the woman from the first Hitman, or I, you know, I didn't see the first Hitman. Okay, all right. Well, uh, the woman in the first Hitman was Olga Kurlenko, the actress, and the girl from Oblivion. Yeah, yeah. Um, she so she was like the love interest in the in the first Hitman. Yeah, and so she's like also that, in the Water Diviner. Right? Yeah, and she's in the Water. So that's why it was weird when they showed that trailer after Hitman because the girl that they cast in the new Hitman movie looks like her. So I was like, I, the first time I saw the trailer, I was like, did they just cast her again? Like they were just like too lazy. They're like, all right, we'll just bring her back, whatever. <laughs> but then I was like, nah, it's somebody else. So I don't know. It just looks really bad. I guess they thought maybe they were like, oh, cool, Orlando Bloom is in it instead of Timothy Oliphant. And I was like, no, it's just Rupert Friend. <laughs> just just the guy from Startup instead. <laughs> you know? I don't know. That movie looks really bad. That money shot of the helicopter coming through the building, like that makes the that makes Vin Diesel driving that, his car through another building look amazing that that is a little insane like it, so i it is a video game movie so i'm totally on board with like it being yeah super but that doesn't dumb. mean like that the, the the actual movie has to look like a like a really poor video game yeah yeah, yeah but I, I'm, I'm just saying that like things like all the, like things like the gi joe style like we're gonna shoot a bunch of grappling hooks into the car and then well, that's like, i'm fine with that that's yeah cool. like all that like, stuff is like i'm fine with the cheese factor but yeah shitty effects like a helicopter like, flying into an office yeah. complex is kind of dumb like yeah like i'm i'm all for the cheese but like that final shot was like whoa is that finished like i hope it i hope you guys finish that because damn I'm gonna say that's all I'm gonna say. They have the choice to either remove orange from the movie or to make that effect look good. (laughs) I I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, what were you gonna say, Stephen? Not much. I was gonna ask if anyone has made the obvious joke about Vin Diesel's last name being Diesel, (laughs) because he drives cars. Sure, someone has at some point. It was not worth it. That's why I didn't. I didn't reapproach when silence came. I did like how in the trailer he's all like, "It's no longer about being fast," and like, "Oh snap!" Now it's about being furious. <laughs> it's seven. all about being furious to the seventh degree. Still not as good as the other line. I don't have friends. I got family. Yeah, son. Paul Take Walker. Take that. Daddy's got to go to work to save California. Yeah. And I like how like they got that package on their their, their their doorstep and they're like, yeah, we'll just leave this huge box mark fragile on our porch while we have this dinner party with all of our friends in our house. <laughs> we'll, ch- we'll, we'll check that later. 
Yeah, no biggie. And you guys order a ticking package? No? Oh, who, who's it from? <laughs> Jason Statham? Oh, that's yeah. okay. Yeah, it says Owen Shaw's little brother on it. <laughs> oh, or big, Zeus big brother. Zeus Katir's brother? Stuff. Yeah, he <laughs> delivered it. Uh, anyways, are we done with this stupid review? I, I guess <laughs> I so. I, it's pretty much <laughs> this done This is just now. like a, a, a dud of a movie. <laughs> Uh, as long as our review can be solid, more solid than the movie, then then we're good. It can at least be yeah. shorter. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Shorter. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go ahead and get to our verdicts, guys. Um, Carson, if you're going to give this a must see, recommend with a caveat, wait for rental, pass with a caveat, or must avoid, what would you give it? I'm going to give it a must avoid. Although I was interested to see what movie Common was in, because he seemed like he was in a a different, cooler movie. <laughs> oh, I forgot. I forgot to bring that up. This movie would be so much better without his character at all in the freaking damn movie. Oh yeah, he did well, not for sure at all. But I'm just saying, like, like the thought process behind his character, like when he came up, I was just like, oh, like uh, he seems to be in a in a much cooler movie. I don't know, like, but he does not fit in this movie at all. Yeah, and the I, fact that they like you know grab fiery table legs and have a lightsaber duel. <laughs> was also out of place. It was like, okay, like callback. Well, I don't what know. Is, what is up with the police in this movie where they like they're chasing Liam Neeson and his son, but they don't care about this other guy who's firing random shots in the building. <laughs> well, they like they don't even try to follow him. Dude, they well, can't they can't see him. He's so slick. That guy who was just firing shots in a building, he hadn't killed untold number of people and got away with it. Well he did, but yeah, they didn't know. Yeah, about that, it. That, that, yeah, yeah, that, that, that according to them. We know it, it was pretty funny when Vincent D'Onofrio approached uh, Liam Neeson in the diner and he's like, have the nightmares caught up with you yet or something like that? And I was like, I would know because I'm the dream world expert. Thank you. It's <laughs> all I could think of. <laughs> Anyways. Is it weird that I dumb. can't see him as anything but his character in The Judge now? <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna make a joke about his son, but then like why he would need to take bribes to take care of his son, but it wouldn't be politically correct. He'll always be private pile. Anyway, Stephen, what would you give this movie? Uh, I mean, I'm weekly giving it a wait for rental. I actually had no like, I didn't explicitly dislike it at all. I, I thought it was a totally fine way to spend two hours. Of course, I forgot it like the moment I left the theater. But generally, it was a fun, dumb popcorn flick. If you see the trailer, I assume you're going to get exactly what you expect. And yeah, I don't know. I, I can't hate it too much. I, I wish I could because I could say more about it. Just don't expect John Wick. No, of yeah. course. Don't expect John Wick or even The Equalizer. <laughs> yeah, like, even that. <laughs> yeah. D don't expect guts over fear. Oh, hell no. Don't, <laughs> don't even expect, don't expect glory. Because yeah. there, there's nothing memorable about it. But yeah. Even though there's nothing memorable about it, it's also not, I really didn't feel bored. I di I didn't check my watch. I was completely <clears throat> happy to sit and watch it. Yeah, needed more deant word <laughs> or less common. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, we gotta protect your son, fool. Just wow. once, I wanted to be John Legend instead. <laughs> yeah. Well, the one thing we can have hope for is that one day uh, the movie will come that comment will be good in. <laughs> Common was good in Smoking Aces. He didn't feel out of place in that movie. Yeah. John Legend should do a reboot of that vampire movie with Will Smith. <laughs> I, am, I am John Legend. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
That'd be pretty good. <laughs> That'd be awesome. But it has to end with the alternate ending that involves like blood transfusions. <laughs> Anyways, I don't know. I am going to give this film a pass to the caveat. Um, I think it's the perfect contender for that. It's the film where there's like you can watch it and be entertained enough by it, but it's like if you if you went on never having seen this film, it's not gonna be like there isn't even something worth seeing. Like I don't think it's so terrible that if you saw it, you would hate it, but there's literally nothing in it to suggest like, oh, it's not very good, but at least it brings up this point or at least this moment was pretty cool. Like it's really just a series of watchable stuff that doesn't really amount to anything. So I'm going to give it pass with a caveat. So what would you rather watch this or Taken 3 if you had to watch it again? Well, Taken 3 has got like, it's got uh, Forrest Whitaker in it. And he's like talking on the phone, way way more interesting than Vincent D'Onofrio talking on the phone. Uh, uh, yeah, I feel and, like they were both kind of on the same level, and like, boredom wise. Like if you if you take if you just just take their conversations with each other, like in comparing both movies. In this movie, he's like, "Well, officer, do you drink coffee? Six cups a day for the last ten years. We'll put <laughs> some extra sugar in it because blah 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 blah." And in the other yeah. movie, he's like, "He's like, what's your top priority, sir?" And he's like, "Oh, my top priority is bringing." He's like, "Mine's to protect the only family I got. Good luck." Like that. Like <laughs> he's that, like. Conversation yeah. is a million times more badass than. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. I I feel like I I don't know if I'd be able to choose, but it, Forrest Whitaker is, you know, oh these bagels are still warm. <laughs> <laughs> okay, hold on a second. That was the best impression you've ever done on this podcast of any. any <laughs> That's actor. about the only impression I could do because <laughs> anytime I saw the Butler trailer, I just could I couldn't stop laughing when he's just like he's like, Hello, like the scene where he comes up and he's just like. I'm Cecil Gaines. I'm the butler. And like, that was like my favorite line ever. Yeah. So right. I just, I just said that so many times. It was just like, yes, I'm Cecil Gaines. I'm the butler. And so like, anytime he shows up, he's like, I'm Cecil Gaines. I'm the detective. Now, These now bagels have, are not warm. Now you have to feed me the line about watering the marigolds from uh, Phenomenon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember that line. I do remember Speaking the line. From Repo Man, where he's like, "You've done this a thousand times." Wait, who who was that an impression of? <laughs> that was Forrest Whitaker screaming. <laughs> it sounded like you started as Forrest Whitaker and then slid into Arnold Schwarzenegger for a split second and then tried to go back to Forrest Whitaker. Oh dear. Anyway, Stephen, what were you gonna say? I was just saying. Speaking of marigolds, did either of you see Exotic Marigold Hotel Two, and is it better than this movie? Uh, I did see it, and. Uh... No, it was it was just as boring. Was there <laughs> any point in that film where the hotel staff was replaced by robots that were? <laughs> I wish. Although I will say that the second one has more Dev Patel, so it was a lot more entertaining, at least. But I just I just don't understand how like both of those movies are just two hours of old people dying jokes. It's just <laughs> like the first ten minutes alone, Dev Patel cracks about five like you know oh like. Our staff is very nice. We careful, take roll careful. call. <laughs> He's, you know, like he makes about like ten jokes. Or like, you know, oh, she's in the twilight of her life, and like, you know, we always take roll call just to just to make sure they make it through the the night. And it's just like, oh man, like I, I guess that, that's just all those movies are just like old people dying jokes. And then it was weird in the second movie, like 
everybody like wants to bang someone like all these old people are just horny i guess <laughs> welcome to life carson <laughs> but it was just so weird it was just like richard gear shows up and like he wants to bang dev patel's mom and like bill nye wants to bang judy dench but judy dench is like in some other city it was like all oh, these dilemmas i mean the, the riveting sequel where judy dench buys cloth i mean if that you know gets you excited then i guess you'll like it <laughs> all right so well, there you go anyways uh i think that about wraps it up for this episode of the podcast so carson why don't you uh help us make our way out the door and let everybody know where they can find you throughout the week uh you can find me at practicalcandy.wordpress.com steven go to twitter.com slash sdavidmiller or sdavidmiller.com people can find me at christopherinreallife.com or twitter.com slash christopherirl you can find the podcast over at thespoilerwarning.com where you can get a bunch of the back episodes of the show if you want to know when the episodes go live you can follow us at twitter.com slash spoilerwarning or like us at facebook.com slash thespoilerwarning if you want to get a hold of us directly you can send an email to fans at thespoilerwarning.com you can use the contact form on our site or you can call and leave us a voicemail at 760-575-4TSW that's 760-575-4879 uh, music for this episode will come from the soundtrack to this movie, I guess. There's Was one. there a soundtrack? It's just going to be glory. Because <laughs> <laughs> the, the score for this movie was really basic. It just sounded like someone was programming their Hans Zimmer Mad Lib score. Like, <laughs> I guess that's good. Boom. Well, well I, I will say this movie was not Method Man approved because there was a lot of shaky cam and up-close filming of the action, so... <laughs> Yeah, what you That's said. That's all I got. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, what, what is coming up next week, guys? The Butler 2. More <laughs> Butlering. Sidney <laughs> Poitier is a legend. That's my other favorite line. You're going to get way too much mileage out of that now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I the, I love Forrest Whitaker. Like, his acting is it's so good. That's the only reason that got me through the Butler was just his line deliveries. Anyway, but what is sorry the, for reals though? What what is what is the movie that's coming out next week? Um, Insurgent and Take Pen. <laughs> so the gunman and Insurgent. Yeah. Hey hey, what about Do You Believe? <laughs> <laughs> I don't believe we're gonna be reviewing it. <laughs> I there was a poster for that at the theater. I was like, so are we reviewing that? No. So it's it's billed as the Christian Crash. I mean, that's got to be good, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> well we will figure out what we're going to review um i have not seen divergent um so although you did say that the second one looks cool i will i i there i mean Quote. just uh, jaylene woodley p- punching stuff into like <laughs> voxels is cool looking to me anyways let's go guys thank you guys for listening and thank you guys for joining me you're welcome <laughs> i'm we sorry are. this has been a non-stop conversation we are over and out see you next time bye